Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. And we are in the heat, what would we say, the armpit of summer, Sarah? That's kind of where <laughs> I feel like we are. <laughs> it's like I know some people talk about Cape Cod as being like where they are. They equate it to being a bent arm. And I've met somebody and they're like, oh yeah, that's like the armpit of Cape Cod. But- I live in the armpit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would have to say the end of July, early August is feels armpitty. I mean, it just does. Although, and, but the other, the other um, kind of metaphor that I've heard is that like, or maybe simile is um, that uh, August is the Sundays of the months, right? Like, or Sunday, right? Like, you know, the, the week, like Sunday is kind of a, uh, uh, you know, what's coming on Monday. And that's what August kind of feels like as well. You know, <laughs> you mean that there's a sense of foreboding that, <laughs> yes, yes, that like real life happens, you know, that, that, you know, you don't want to go to bed because you're going to wake up and it's Monday. You don't want August to be over because you're going to turn the calendar and it's, it's September. So <laughs> just stay up all Sunday night. Cause then you'll never wake up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, that, I mean, I just feel like, you know, if you're not training for a race right now, it is incredibly hard to motivate. I feel. Oh, well, see, I, I, I see it as that, um, that real life hasn't said, you know, since we are both self-employed, we, um, our summers are different than this, than the school year because we don't go into an office job. And so I try to see it as like, oh, okay, I can still, you know, sleep a little later and run a little later, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm talking half an hour later or something like that. Yeah. Well, you also live in the Pacific Northwest though, too, where it's not hot. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Generally. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't run in the middle of the day or, you know, the end of our days get quite hot mm-hmm. um, and sunny. So, um, but you know, oftentimes our days can start off a little overcast. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but, um, but I mean, but yeah, also I, you know, me, I'm an optimist. I like to see the, cu- the glasses half full. And so it's also, it's a lot easier to cycle in the summer because of the longer days and open water swimming is available in the summertime here in the, northern hemisphere and you know sure, that's, that's sure, my favorite no, that's thing. all good yeah and, and also though um and i do think of though as august is the time when the weeds and the algae might take over the pond that i swim in so <laughs> well i will say this so this is one thing we did the triathlon podcast uh last week or two weeks ago for the train like a mother club and when there is seaweed mm-hmm. or algae or weeds um scum yeah uh, i don't know about scum but uh, i know that's algae so but um but coach jen said that that means that that body of water is healthy and you have new growth in it so that's one way that's that's looking on the positive side of things hey i'm swimming through you know this huge batch of seaweed but hey it's healthy so and i am too so you know and it's also though of what i tell myself is that it's sort of like eating a vegetarian meal and you bite into something crunchy i just always think it's it's not bone it's not bone (laughs) and so so when i am swimming and i hit uh you know a patch of some floating suffers and i'm like it's plant material it's okay it's plant material (laughs) not a fish not a fish not a shark not a fish not a floating body part yeah so um but yeah sometimes in the august occasionally the pond where i swim gets closed because of um kind of bacteria or some type of you know something funky's growing in the water so yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but i'm so i'm taking advantage of it yesterday i swam for an hour which is um about 15 minutes longer than i usually swim and it was just 
just lovely. And I love seeing my Koros Apex. It uh, has an open water feature on it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then it does a little map and it's just, you know, it's, a, it's not, a, not a super big pond. So I have to kind of go back and forth, back and forth and, oh, okay, now I'll go diagonally and all this stuff. And so then it's kind of like, just like a child's drawing of squiggles. Uh, yeah. It was a little, a little drunk driverish, drunk glimmerish. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or, uh, more, or more like bumper cars, maybe if it's a small pond. There we go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. So well, that's good. Well, I got a little um, bee in my bonnet. I was in Las Vegas last week for, um, oh, a, a board meeting for Running USA, which is like a race director kind of um, organization. It's, you know, kind of the backside of races. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was in Las Vegas. So, you know, um, not running outside there. I can tell you that any time of day, not running outside there. Yes. And um, so of course there's like a $25 resort oh, fee, you yes. know, put that oh. in the um, air quotes. So yeah. I'm like, well, I better use the gym then at least once, you know? <laughs> so, so I went to the gym and I did this bike, this cool kind of bike thing. I can't remember. Maybe it was called Espresso or something. It was a cool mm-hmm. program where you can climb and you know you get to steer the bike a little bit and stuff and I was like you know what like because I really challenged myself more than I have um recently I haven't been riding my bike much outside just for a variety of reasons and uh I'm like maybe I want to do like a I don't know I got Iron Horse which is a it's a race in Durango Colorado Mm -hmm. southwest part of the state I looked it up afterwards because I got it in my head. A friend of our mutual friend of ours, Kristen, has done it. Sarah, oh okay, who lives in Durango. Yeah, um, and it's a and it's a thing about beating the train, right? Um, oh. Because there's, I, I think the Iron Horse might be a train or okay. some kind of reference to a train. So it's a mountain. It's a it's a climb. I mean, you climb a ton, and I oh. don't remember how much it is, but it's a fifty mile event. I wouldn't call it a race because I wouldn't join the category you know I wouldn't be a categorized racer um but uh but it's over Memorial Day next year and I was like I feel like I kind of need the structure of something I feel like I need to to kind of lock myself into some training plan right now maybe that's why I feel like I'm an armpit is I just I'm missing some challenges in my work. I gotta I gotta say Dim I have sensed that because you also were talking about maybe do uh training for an ultra that you would kind of hike run yeah yeah exactly and so and you know because months and months go by that you don't talk about um that both of us don't talk about doing uh an endurance event and so now this is the second one you've mentioned in about 10 days so i'm saying maybe it's on my mind or maybe mercury is just in retrograde and it'll pass as soon as it could be that or it could be you know targeted facebook ads i don't know something's at work with you but something yeah something's going on so yeah, yeah. so that's so that was one thing i mean maybe that is i do think there is you know when when you do have um you know you have molly to get up for you know like i am not i'm a pretty self motivated person um, you know, it's like I put a picture of uh, Las Vegas. I forgot a sports bra. I saw that uh, on, on our Instagram feed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I put myself in my regular, you know, gap body bra in my, you know, of course I only brought a tank top. So, um, so the, the, the straps are handled. Someone's like, oh, you're so dedicated. I was like, I, I don't really think of myself as dedicated. I just feel like that, or maybe disciplined, she said, but that's just, it's just a habit that mm-hmm. it's one habit that I have, right? There are a lot of other habits I'd like to cultivate and I realize how hard that is when you know trying to cultivate them mm-hmm. um but but sometimes it's nice to have a reason you know a reason to get out and you know there's something about being you know a 50 mile ride that it's going to be challenging regardless of whether or not I race it right oh 
it's so, sure sounds that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. So maybe and then and that and then that gets me through the winter too, mm-hmm. of riding my you know I'd be inside and I don't know. So it's just something. Oh, to think well, about, and so. you always you always like a challenging challenge, Tim. Like, oh. you're, you're not wanting to be like yeah, you know, I'll train for this race I've done several times, and you're like oh, what's the next in- in- <laughs> grueling endurance event I can do that goes uphill? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, it kind of. I mean, it makes me feel alive, and I and I'm not being. Um, braggy at all but I don't want it to be a gimme you know like you know for, oh, yeah. for some people you know I mean it, it could be a 30 mile bike ride but for that's not my um reality with the body that I have you know mm-hmm. so yeah. um so yeah so we'll see yeah I mean yeah. not that that's I and I'm not I'm just putting this out there there's another race out there called the triple bypass which is as grueling mm-hmm. as it sounds uh-huh. and it's more of a it's a century ride I mean I think it's a, I think it's a little over 100 miles and you go over three mountain passes like oh no interest, but a lot of, a lot of like locals around here do it. A lot of like some dads from my pool do it and stuff. But yeah, so I just um, want to say like, there's a, there's a difference between iron horse and triple bypass. So I'm not going like, you know, I'm not cranking the challenge meter to 200 to 11. Yeah. 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 I'm just going, I'm, I'm going to hang at a nice 8.5. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, keep us posted, Dim. Keep us posted. I, I will. Well, speaking of scum in the water, should we go to our first question? <laughs> we should, we should, we should dive right into this wet question from Devin in Chicago. Hey, Sarah and Timothy. This is Devin. I am calling from Chicago. I'm a mother runner of one fur puppy, and I have a question regarding triathlons. I'm really interested in getting started into them, but my main concern is I am pretty prone to UCIs, and I was wondering if you guys had any tips and tricks on what you can do before or after the race for that, because I'm just afraid of being in a wet bathing suit or wet wetsuit for that long and what it can do to my body. I really look forward to hearing from you guys. Love what you're doing. Thank you so much. Bye. All right. UTIs. Nothing like leading with a UTI question. UTI. Well, so just, I just read about this because obviously neither of us are MDs. Mm-hmm. Basically, a UTI is caused by urine being in your bladder, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's un, undisposed of urine that's in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> and, and well, and then it's either bacteria and, and, or a virus kind of getting in there and multiplying and just kind of having a party. Yeah. 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 But that's, but that's, I mean, that's really, you know, I mean, I mean, just to read it, it says, uh, this is from the urology care foundation. So it's legit. (laughs) Um, a UTI can occur when bacteria gets into your urine and travels up your, up to your bladder. Oh, that's, oh, so I even didn't even read it right. Right. So bacteria in your urine and the bacteria travels up to your blood. Well, and bacteria, not in your urine so much as in your, uh, urinary tract thus okay. the phrase urinary tract infection so uh-huh. uh, yes yes and and i think we've had this conversation because i let's let, i'm just gonna overshare um i have been lucky enough to develop a uti while on day one of one of our trips together we oh yeah I nashville when yeah. we went uh, <laughs> we went to run uh rock and roll to work and run rock and roll nashville it was the weekend of um william and kate's uh royal wedding so, so April, we're not whatever. Ourselves or <laughs> so, um, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh boy. So anyway, so, um, yeah, but you know, so, um, common, um, what some people might think of as kind of urban legend, but it actually is true that staying in a tight, wet garment can increase the chance of developing, um, a fungal or bacteria infection and UTIs typically the latter. So, um, you know, so, um, 
let's see, Devin's concern that, you know, being in a, um, in a wetsuit or in a wet bathing suit and then maybe pulling uh, bike shorts on over that might cause a UTI. And she is legitimate in her, to have concern about that. It is valid to have concerns like that. Well, and then, and then if you're, if you are prone to them and then you go sit on a bike seat, which is just like, <laughs> you know, adding insult to injury um, onto the most delicate part of your body. Um, so yes. So that's, so, so that's even, she's even more legitimate there. More legitimate. Yeah. yeah. So, but, um, but definitely one thing it seems like you gleaned from that article that you read is that, um, you know, one, one way hopefully to flush out your urinary tract is to urinate frequently. And so, you know, I hope we've all heard this from our doctor or watch from watching sex in the city, something like that. You know, the, if you pee um, frequently and, and particularly like for some people, sex can make it happen. So if you pee before and after you do the deed. Um, but so same thing I was thinking with Devin with this race, you know, really making sure to be diligent about peeing, before the race and then hey you're doing a water you know if you're doing an open water swim might as well just you know push some pee out while you're swimming and then as you're running up oh okay stop stop that is have you ever tried to do that yeah oh i do you it can pee while you're swimming i yes, can pee while i'm like treading water or or you know in open water but i have to be standing no i'm oh, not swimming oh no i definitely oh i can definitely do that i oh wow. i speak from so recent I experience how many talents you have <laughs> <laughs> no wonder that pool is full of algae. I mean, your pond is full of algae. Um, um, yeah. So, yeah, so well, and if you can't, I mean, a lot of triathletes, and and I speak, I speak from experience here. You know, you get in the water, you have a little warm up, and um, you know, emphasis on the warm, <laughs> this little area, and everyone gets in and pees, especially because you have to get in your wetsuit pretty early mm-hmm. to be down in the lake. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's you know, don't don't worry about. Um, being the only one doing that. Not sure, that sure. Know. It's all black and the yeah. water's murky, so no one's going to know. Right, right. It's not like it's chlorine. It's got to make a little green, you know, puddle around you or anything yes, like that. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then also I was envisioning kind of, so, you know, you could do it as you're coming up the running or walking up there or dawdling up the chute from the, you know, going transition one, going from. <laughs> I, I, I think you have a lot of talents. I think you're underestimating how many other people have, overestimating how many other people have those talents. There's no way I could walk in front of a crowd and pee while I'm walking up to my transition. There is no way. No but way. You could- you could also be like, oh, I'm stopping to take my cap and goggles off. And then you do it there. Because, <laughs> okay, know. so it's it's not like you're peeing, you know, black urine. So it's not going to be like. No, it's, it's going to be hydrated. It's still, I, I just think that you have a, you have a, you have a much, it's, 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 a, it's an astounding amount of control over being able to be in any kind of place. <laughs> I think we need people to tweet to us to say which they think. So, but also, how about she could, you know, be she could stop at the porta potty and pee. Stop at the porta potty. Yeah, could you do that? Could you do that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there are all sorts of opportunities to to pee. You know, before, maybe during, and after the swim part, and then. Dim, I mean, so you've done more triathlons than I have. So, I mean, what do you think about taking the time to quickly change out of a wet swimsuit into dry bike shorts? I mean, if it's in a concern, I would absolutely take the time. I mean, the only issue, two things. I mean, a lot of times um, when you, if you're, she's doing a shorter one, like a sprint or a limp, or pretty much a lot of triathlons, like if you're going to wear a wetsuit, what you wear is bike shorts underneath. 
mm. wetsuit. You don't put on a swimsuit necessarily, oh. mm. but so she could. Or a bike short and a bra top. If you're yeah, wrong. exactly, exactly. Yep. And then you and then you get take off your wetsuit and you put on a jersey or something mm-hmm. um, on top. So, um, so, but you could definitely wear a swimsuit. Um, and there are some some triathlons where you just wear swimsuits. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing is, I would just really, if it is a shorter race, they typically don't have the transition area is very open. So sure. you need to like you can either, I mean, you can even bring a towel and just put it around your waist and change like mm-hmm. that. I've seen people mm-hmm. do that. So that's one mm-hmm. thing. Um, yep. Yeah. So just have a plan for, to figure out how to change. Yeah, but yes, like changing into dry is good. The other thing is it dries, especially if you do get triathlon shorts, the chamois, which is the padding um, that is in your crotch is much, much thinner than it is on regular bite shorts. Yep. Um, so that dries pretty quickly. The shorts dry pretty quickly. So again, that's, you just kind of have to um, think about the risk versus the reward there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do want to add one quick point because yes, I have had a UTI uh, this calendar year and that um, turns out that now the pain killing pills that um, if you've had a UTI, they're the ones that turn your pee like a dark orange or red. Those are now available in generic form over the counter. <laughs> so oh my gosh, what are they called? Um, I didn't look that up. Yeah, but- generic over-the-counter pills. <laughs> I mean, if you Google that, you're going to find it. And yeah. um, because if, so then if you do develop anyone, not just Devin listening to this, you know, you can, you know, maybe your doctor's going to make you come in for, um, for an appointment to, before they'll prescribe a um, antibiotic to actually zap out the infection. And so at least you can have some sort of relief because, and if you've been in this situation, you know that those pills are like literal godsends. Relief, so, yes, yes, yes yeah. they are definitely. So just, just wanted to say that. So, but so I think our advice to Devin is, go for that triathlon, but take some precautions um, because her concerns um, are legitimate. So, absolutely, and the same. I mean, I, I just obviously just to cover our bases. Obviously, when you're training, too, get out of your wet swimsuit right away. Get out of your wet lycra right away if you're riding your bike and you've been sweaty. Get out of your gym shorts, get out of your running shorts and cotton mm-hmm. underwear too. That's the other one that I feel like is um, a good help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. All good calls. Yes. All right. Well, this comes to us from Micah in Redlands, California. Hi, this is Micah from Redlands, California. I guess my question is this. Um, I'm a half marathon runner. I've done about four half and um, now I'm ready for a full. But I don't know how to properly get more mileage in for that full, as well as um, keep up with my strength training I'm doing. I go to the gym every day from about 4.30 um, until like 5.30. And then I run um, pushing my double stroller with my three-year-old and my one-year-old. And um, sometimes like three or twice twice or maybe three times a week, I will run alone. Um, But I really am just um, wondering how to increase that mileage and still keep up with all of my strength training. If you can answer that, that would be great. Thank you. So it sounds like Micah loves her strength training. Well, so she, she, so she goes to the gym every day for strength training. That's what, I mean, that's what her, her voicemail indicates. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then she runs. So. Okay. Wow. So that is, she's got a lot of, a lot of uh, motivation. <laughs> She's not in the armpit of summer, um, which is great. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, first of all, kudos because of 
you know, you must be in great shape and you're ready to take out a marathon because your body is probably very strong. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, something's got to, you know, with two kids and give and take, something's got to give, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, so I think Micah, if, if you just, if a marathon, you know, is really tantalizing to you, which it is for a lot of people and, and for um, good reason it is, I'd say, um, you know, you're, you're going to have to cut down on your strength training. Do not give it up entirely. Not that we are not ever saying that, but you know, you're going to have to cut it back to maybe two or three times a week and do strength training for 20 to 30 minutes and then run or run and then do strength training for 20 to 30 minutes. But you're really going to have to cut it back because you know, unless you magically find some more hours in the day, there is not going to be time to get in all that marathon mileage and keep um, that um, rigorous sure. strength training. Yeah. She could probably also take a day. I mean, depending upon what kind of plan she uses, we've got some good ones in the train, like a mother club. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, but she could maybe take, you know, if she's running five days a week, um, you know, or four days a week, she could take one full day for an hour at the gym and not mm-hmm. run that day and still have mm-hmm. a rest day. I mm-hmm. mean, there's definitely, you don't have to just do 20 or 30 minutes, but it's just a nice, um, that's a nice like gauge. Like that, that's a good lowest common denominator, but she could still, if, if the gym is important to her and it might be because of, you know, maybe she's got friends there or classes she likes to take or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. um, you could keep that up for a while until maybe the mileage gets too demanding and then you might need to scale it back a little bit. But I mean, there's, yeah, you just have to kind of say, okay, if I have 90 minutes a day to exercise, say, what is, you know, first fill in the miles with your marathon training mm-hmm. and then back out your strength training from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then also, um, I mean, I was also thinking that, you know, Micah's body might appreciate the change in the routine, you know, and that, so that, um, because I think there's a con- there might be a concern that, oh, I'm really, you know, I love the strength training. I'm really devoted to it. And gosh, I like the effects of it. And that remembering that, um, you know, you're, you're taking away some time from strength training, doing uh, longer runs, putting in more miles. And that, um, so your body might appreciate that shift in focus. And then also remember that after the marathon training, you know, which is typically three to four months, you can always go back to the same frequency and intensity of those strength training sessions. So it's not, you're not kissing it goodbye forever. No, absolutely. One thing that, um, coach Stephanie, who's our ultra coach, um, talked about once and it's never, she said it probably, gosh, probably two years ago, maybe. And it's still in my mind. Um, and it's not to, to contraindicate what you just said, Sarah, but, um, at the base of it, running breaks down your body and mm-hmm. strength training builds it up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I mean, just, just, just by the repetitive motion of running, Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the way that it has to recover, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're recovering all those minuscule tears in your muscles and stuff, mm-hmm. um, where strength training, you know, pumps you up for, for lack of a better term. <laughs> um, and so that's just a nice way sometimes to think about it because I think sometimes people think, oh, I'm running, that's enough, you know, for my body. And the reality is, is, you know, running yourself into the ground is a, is a cliche for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. so definitely not, um, as we talk about preach over and over again. Don't, don't forget the strength. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always. I think we need to get tattoos or something and say that dim. Cause we sure do say that a lot. <laughs> Maybe temporary. Don't tattoos. forget the strength. I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't quite have the, you know, the like mom. Yeah. The mom, I know like the lasting image you want to have this beautiful quote or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, here's another marathon related question. This one from Tiana in Saskatchewan, Canada. Hi, Serendimity. My name is Tiana. I am from Southeast Saskatchewan, Canada. 
and I'm calling to see if you would mind explaining the science behind running your long run so much slower. I'm having trouble getting my head wrapped around the idea that I'm going to be able to run my goal pace for my marathon, even though I only run, you know, four, five, six miles of it at a time. It's a, it's a hard thing for me to wrap my head around. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Love the podcast. Okay, Sarah, first I want you to spell Saskatchewan. You, you know, so, looking at it. I know, no, because as you can see from the notes, I cut and pasted that. <laughs> I know. Right? Hey, by, apropos of nothing, um, I was uh, timing in a swim meet a couple weeks ago, and uh, I was timing with a mom who um, our kids, our sons used to play soccer together a long time ago, and her son now goes to the National Spelling Bee, which I was like, ooh, ooh that's so cool. So, wow, anyway. very nice. Yeah, no, I was- didn't make it to- he didn't make it to the televised round though. And then he thought it was really lame because um, eight people won this year. I don't know if you remember that or not, but oh, eight people won. Wow. And no, I did this not mom was basically like the kids memorize the dictionary, you know? And so then she's like, so then you got to, you know, make them spell into the night. They've got to have some endurance or something. And I was like, whoa, easy there, killer, you know? But I mean, it is true. Eight winners of one national competition is a little. Right. right. Even like, for me, that feels a little much. And a ribbon for you and a ribbon for you. <laughs> exactly. All right. So back to long, slower, long runs. I mean, there's a lot of um, science and more, more than that experience and so many training plans that um, get behind mm-hmm. us for good reason. You want to explain a little bit why, Sarah? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and also I think we should um, mention that um, that the question is based on the premise that the, a long run pace is typically spelled out as being 30 to 90 seconds slower than your predicted race pace. So that's what Tiana's getting to is um, so, and that pace of running this longer, slow um, builds greater aerobic benefits, which is, as we know, the foundation of a solid marathon or any endurance event. So that's what you're doing. You're these, those long run paces at that, you know, long runs at slower paces build. Um, I mean, it does things like it makes you be able to, um, you know, uh, burn fat, store more glycogen. Uh, it builds more red blood cells, which carry ox, you know, carry oxygen. And so it's just all like tons of things happening at a cellular level while you're doing those long runs and at a slower pace and in the hours and um, day or two afterward. So there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, and mentally it also helps too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the long runs as a rule help you mentally, but also, um, you know, just kind of um, monitoring your effort and staying at a pace that I, it, sometimes it's harder than you think it is, right? Staying at a mm. pace that you don't necessarily want to stay at, I realize it's kind of the inverse of, you know, pushing yourself, but there, that's a skill too, you know, like monitoring yourself saying, okay, I'm going to stay easy. I'm going to stay easy. You know, then when you flip the switch on to race day and you're going to say, okay, I'm going to stay slightly uncomfortable. I'm going to stay slightly uncomfortable. Um, but you can I, definitely go ahead. Sarah. I want to uh, say that I had a coach once who said um, that I was never going to, she was never going to be impressed if I came back from a long run and told her that I'd gone faster than the plan called for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like basically like it is the base layer of, um, of marathon training. It is the, you know, mm-hmm. the bottom layer of pyramid, all that stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. as, along with other easy runs during the week as well. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you can up the challenge as she says in her, um, voicemail, you know, you can add in race pace miles. So, you yeah. know, four to six, I mean, you can also split that up. You know, you could do, um, say you say, they say the plan calls for eight, 
You could do, you know, two miles, um, you know, after a nice warm up, take a half mile off, do two more miles, half mm -hmm. mile recovery, you know, and so you can kind of split it up that way um, and maybe do the last two miles um, at the finish, right? Mm -hmm. At the finish strong of finish. The lo that long run. Yeah, strong finish, which is the, the next way you can do it. Um, and a strong finish can be anywhere from, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, putting yourself in those last couple miles of the, of the race of the marathon and, and, um, coming close to race pace or hitting race pace. That's a really good exercise. I mean, the mm -hmm. biggest thing about the long runs, um, that you want to be able to do is recover from them and still yeah. be able to continue your training. And so if you go out and do 20 miles at race pace, and then say that you do that on a Saturday of Sunday off, and then Monday you have hill repeats, Mm -hmm. That is a lot on your body, right? You have not recovered from that race pace on Saturday. So, um, so that's really, you know, once you, you know, giving yourselves, um, giving your, like maxing out the amount that you can do while still recovering. Mm -hmm. And then once you hit the taper, then it's like magical, right? Right. Well, that's the thing that, that Tiana, remember that on race day, you know, the, the magic's going to happen, let's hope, because you know, when you do a training run, you haven't enjoyed a taper. Whereas on race day, you have, you've been cutting down your mileage for two, maybe three weeks. So in a training run, your legs and body aren't as fresh as they'll be on race day. Um, you know, so without really knowing it, you know, you kind of remind yourself that you're starting all your runs slightly fatigued, even if it doesn't feel that way. Like if we could really dive down deep at a granular cellular level, we'd be able to tell that. And also, you know, on race day, there's the, the, having crowd support, that race day adrenaline, you know, it's easier to increase your pace if you're like, oh, I'm going after that guy in that blue shirt or, oh, you know, that woman in the pink shirt passed me. I'd like to catch up and run alongside of her for a while or something like that. So there's mm -hmm. a, a lot of factors at work. Um, that are, are mental as well as physical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. For and, sure. and, you know, also, I mean, um, that, that, um, I have for a few of my marathons, like when I was training for the one that I PR'd at, I have done much longer race pace miles in training runs. Like the one that ended up being my marathon PR, uh, which was down in Eugene, the coach I was working with at the time, she and I drove down to Eugene and I ran a 22 mile training run on the race course with, I think it was 17 miles of race pace. Um, wow. That, was, that must've been your last long run. That's a tough run. That is it a really was a very it was a very tough run. Yeah. Um, and, um, so, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I gotta say like, I mean, I know you were under the, the guise of a, or under the expertise of an Olympic, an Olympian. So, but I, I wouldn't recommend that for most people. I feel like. Oh that, yeah. No, no, no. So, but, but the matches before race day. That is. And, and it was, it was very challenging, but um, you know, but I, there is, you know, it's, uh, I guess I wanted to point out that there's a range, you know, so that some people going into a marathon, you know, I think maybe we even were scaring a few people saying, wait a minute, what do you mean I should do race pace during a long run? No, no, no. You definitely, if your goal is to finish a marathon, there's no need to do race pace during a long run that you're, you know, there's other factors in your, um, in your training plan that will help you, you know, have the race that you want to have. And so this is just for if someone's looking to um, maybe run a, set a PR, um, you know, meet some time goal, then you can add in these faster race pace miles. But, and then if you're really gunning for a, a big PR or something like that, you can stretch them out and, um, make them longer like that one, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah. But that so one, that one is a big, big use caution. <laughs> <I don't> want, <laughs> but yeah, so 
mean, there's a big gamut, I guess is what we're saying. But definitely, um, if you are going to do something like that, then you need to have a plan that's going to take you up to that and then okay. help you come back down and be mm-hmm. ready for race day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, exactly. I would imagine that's mostly at a one-on-one coach level. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, all right, well, then let's shift to um, a different end of the of the spectrum. And here's Jennifer who um, called in while she was gardening in Louisiana. Hey, Mother Runners. This is Jennifer from Louisiana calling with a question. I am uh, actually currently gardening right now uh, in my yard because I have a suspected stress fracture in my shin. So my question is, um, what kind of cross-training slash strength training would you recommend for uh, those of us who may not be able to run for a little bit due to stress fractures in the legs. Love the show. Love you guys. Or I guess since I'm from Louisiana, I should say love y'all. Thank you. So, and then um, Jennifer actually updated us and um, she does have a stress fracture and um, it shows, well, it shows concern in the area. And um, so she's going to have, so she, her cause for concern is real. And so um, let's talk about some cross training and strength training options that can keep her um, that need to sweat and feel some exertion while she's letting that leg recover. Sure. Well, the first thing I would do is um, if you haven't had the conversation with your doctor, I would ask him or her what she recommends you do, right? Say, I need to stay active. What am I going to do that isn't going to impede my healing. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's step number one. Um, Mm -hmm. The, the kind of corollary to that, a little DIY, little Dr. Google is, you know, try something. And if you feel any kind of pressure, any kind of twinge, any kind of whatever, then that's not the exercise for Mm -hmm. you, right? Like when I had a stress fracture in my foot, I was able to um, put on the little surgical boot. I mean, I was wearing a boot anyway, but then I had one of those really nice Velcro ones that just go over the top of your foot, oh. um, and put a flat pedal on that side of my bike. And, um, and I was able to bike like, uh, you know, uh, train training for a marathon, um, doing that. So it, it didn't hurt my foot at all. And I got the okay to do that and all that. So there are ways around it, but you've got to make sure that you're not impeding your healing. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to say that for people who don't know Dimity's history, Dimity knows what she's talking about when she gives advice about healing from a stress fracture. So I've, got, I've had plenty of those. I think three now, three or four maybe. But they, those are, they're all, all my rearview mirror. It's been a long time since I've had one. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, I think um, some things that uh, I would think are um, uh, allowable, yoga, um, core exercises done on the floor, you know, kind of in a um, supine position pool running, which could feel very lovely. I would think this time of year down in Louisiana, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> uh, my warm weather favorite swimming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Algae or no. <laughs> and then um, cycling as Dimity said, um, and then elliptical again, that I really think um, have Dimity's cautionary caution ringing in your ears. If it, if it starts to um, cause discomfort to stop that. And, you know, um, Pilates is really good. I would say, you know, that you're getting, um, you know, working on your core and your um, kind of muscular coordination, which Pilates does. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, anything that, you know, um, probably walking would be a great idea is my guess, but, you know, Mm -hmm. walking, but, but not brisk walking. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it really depends upon the person and the situation. I would just say, just because you can't do exactly what you want to do doesn't mean, doesn't give you a pass not to do anything at all. 
And oh, I, yeah. That's, yeah. That's the that's the goal that we want people to hear is that, you know, yes, I, I would rather be running, you know, four or five days a week right now, but that isn't my reality, right? So what do I have to do besides bitch about being in the armpit, you know, is figure out what's going to keep me motivated and what, and what activities work for me. Um, so yeah, so I would just do that. Um, the other thing I was going to say, and now I can't think of it right now is, oh, I would ask why she got a stress fracture. I really try to dig down, mm-hmm. um, from her doctor. Cause I mean, it's sometimes it's just impact related, but it can be related to, um, bone loss. It can be related to vitamin D. It can be related to iron levels. I mean, there's just a whole mm-hmm. bunch of different reasons. So Again, because yeah. what we want to do is is not have it happen again. Right, exactly. We want to get it in her rear view mirror. Yes, yes. And um, I think it's important. Another reminder, another thing, another phrase we might need tattooed on is that we each only have one body. So we've got to be kind to it and really take the time to recover and heal. And and Dim, I hear um, that maybe there's a new train like a mother club program that might be, you know. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, we're going to have a whole podcast. Um Actually, it'll be released prior to this one. So you probably may have already heard it. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder. Be, yeah. yeah, it's called Return to Running. Um, it is coached by um, Coach Elizabeth Waterstrat and Jennifer Harrison. And it's part of kind of an offshoot of the um, Running by Heart Rate program. So it's a four-week program that we are going to take you back to running um, regularly. You start, you run three days a week for four weeks, and then you segue into the introduction to um, running by heart rate. Uh, and it's just a nice program. I mean, it, it actually it'll probably be for Jennifer because she's, she'll have enough of a layoff off of, off of running. Um, you know, so it's great for when you've had significant injury or illness, if you've had, um, you're coming back postpartum, um, or if life just threw you a roadblock, right. And you're just mm-hmm. like, dude, I lost my motivation for three months. Mm-hmm. I need it back. Help mm-hmm. me. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's kind of the idea of, of return to running. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice, nice. All righty. Well, we would love to hear uh, from you all more questions, please. The number to call is 470-BADASS-1. That translates to 470-223-2771. Again, 470-BADASS-1. Please uh, tell us your first name and where you're calling from and keep your message to 90 seconds or less. And please rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. Having recent enthusiastic reviews helps more people find our show and lets them know it's worth listening to. So we appreciate that. So keep those questions coming because we are here with answers. Yes, ma'am. Armpit. Armpit and all. Armpit UTI and algae. We're here. <laughs>